Hey everyone, welcome to the Psych Sideshow Podcast. We made this podcast to develop our curiosity and yours. And we imagine ourselves as keen experimentalists when researching and implementing protocols and hope you can imagine yourself as that as well. Our thoughts and views are aligned with the knowledge of an undergraduate student and it's not meant to be taken as professional advice in any sense. But join us chaotic beings in this journey of self-discovery as long as it is in a safe and informed manner. We, we hope, hope you enjoy, enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the Psych Sideshow Podcast. This is Sneha. And this is Lucian. Uh, we hope you're having a wonderful day. And today uh, we're going to be talking about psychedelics. But first of all, how was your week, Sneha? Week's been pretty good. Been training for my marathon all week. Um, but we're nearing tapering period, which is basically when you take things slow right before marathon just so you don't like overstress your muscles and overtrain mm. but yeah a few significant things went on a long sydney scenic run um yeah, that was on 30ks wasn't it yeah, yeah on monday <laughs> well i wasn't the fastest runner but i at least enjoyed the views which is a good win and it was also late in the day so yeah and we uh tried yoga which we recently just started doing and did you think that helped at all oh my god it really did you saw how i was walking how i was walking after my run yeah. right so i feel like the yoga was like a much needed good stretch that's good that's that good. we needed for i needed for recovery yeah honestly i'm the most inflexible person i know <laughs> i think yoga has just been really fun just to do what was it called yin yoga yeah yeah, yeah. Y- yin yoga slay yeah uh did you do anything for father's day Father's Day. well i didn't because my family lives overseas yeah. but i did go shopping for myself and i went on a really interesting day experience which was basically just drawing and getting in touch with my artistic self which is quite yeah, tell us about that. What was your date? <laughs> it was it was kind of like a nudist art thing. Yeah, and how was that? <laughs> that was that was a really interesting experience. Like I think if I keep doing it over time I'll become a better artist, but right now my skills are not that great. But also it was really meditative. I think that was a point. Mm, yeah. And yeah. also really nice looking at like I guess being in that space where being that vulnerable felt normal mm-hmm. from the uh, from the person who is posing from their perspective um and then yeah that's that's my week how has your week been lucian yeah it's been good just one more question before we go to mine would you say it is a good date like activity for me it was 100 percent lovely date idea i think it's like a good way to kind of debrief after the date but i loved it (laughs) it was beautiful and then we got ice cream because like nothing no it was anita anita yeah Uh, the enemy of the singer (laughs) (laughs) it was good (laughs) nah that's cool yeah um yeah what did i do yeah so for father's day i just had like a nice family kind of lunch got the cousins over um yeah i made like a apple tart which was nice i saw yeah that, yeah. that looks so beautiful and was vegan as well right 
Uh, no, not this one. Uh, oh, I had a lot is... of butter in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I made it. It was, I don't know, I've always enjoyed, like, cooking, and I've never really gotten into baking because I just thought it was too hard. Mm. But uh, I don't know, recently I've been trying to do it, and it's been working out all right. Like, the stuff I've been making actually tastes all right. Quick note, he's a baker, ladies. <laughs> I'm not a baker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it looks lovely. It looks so beautiful yeah, when you sent me nice. a picture of it. it. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, we just went swimming, went on the boat, like a little uh, dinghy, like a tin boat. <laughs> just went out <laughs> cool. in the water with the cousins, which was fun. Yeah. Went for a swim. You'll love a good early morning swim. Yeah, it was good. But this is um, what else have I done? Uh, yeah, started yoga. That's been fun. Oh, yeah. And then I also had a date as well. Yeah. Hey, look at us on our dates. Wow, <laughs> we're really thriving. <laughs> yeah, mine wasn't as creative, though. We just went for a movie and then dinner. But no, it was it was really fun. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a good bait. It's a good way to go on a date. Well, like, you, you said it's movies, not your. It's not choice. my typical choice, yes, because I don't think I have like an avenue to really talk to my date. Yeah, with I a agree. Movie. I, I think it is a bit hard, but it was fun, and mm. you know what, the movie was all right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. It was good. I enjoyed myself. But, but no, the way you planned out for this date was really impressive. The way I planned out, yeah. I'm, I swear, recently I'm just becoming more and more organised with my just everyday life. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's good, I guess. Um, we but... love. Um, I think eventually over time, if each of us feel comfortable enough sharing, we'll put down these manuscripts. The manuscripts? Yeah, maybe. Well, they're a bit cringy, but maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so today we're going to be talking about psychedelics, uh, a little bit about how psychedelics, actually mostly about how psychedelics uh, could be used for mental health treatment, and uh, I guess other interesting things like the, I guess, physical uh, changes that happens in your brain and what parts of the brain deactivate and maybe a few myths around it. So I guess we're trying to shed a bit of light around it and, yeah, hopefully... Learn more about it in the process yeah, of doing that as well. Yeah, and maybe it'll pique some curiosity in you to do your own research, which is always the goal here. Before doing it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I meant before taking the substance yourself, do your research. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, so I think a good place to start is <laughs> talking about how it actually affects your brain, which mm-hmm. I found really interesting. And I, I actually fell into this myth because I originally thought that when you took like any form of psychedelics like LSD, mushrooms or MDMA, uh, it kind of lights your brain up like a Christmas tree and it like <laughs> basically activates all the regions of your brains and like makes everything, I guess all shiny on the MRI machine but in reality uh, it's actually the opposite it actually deactivates a uh, well the biggest thing that it does is it deactivates a portion of your brain called the I always forget the default, default network, mode, mode network. network default mode network which is a part of the brain used for I guess identity and like autopilot kind of functions like 
breathing or like I don't know everyday stuff that you do and uh, rumination so these are kind of the main parts of this brain and when you take a psychedelic substance it actually deactivates this portion of your brain which is I guess uh, a reason like theorizing why some people have this thing called ego death because Mm -hmm. you just lose that part of your brain which is connected to identity like your own personal identity which, yeah, I don't know. I, f- I found it quite interesting. So, yeah, I don't know. It made me think a lot about... I guess it actually made more sense to me when I listened to this and hearing about ego death and stuff because I guess I never really understood it. But mm-hmm. I think now learning about the, I guess, physical changes in your brain, uh, yeah, it, I guess it kind of sheds a bit more light onto maybe how it might affect yourself in that state of mind. And I feel like also your preconceived notion about drugs in general, mm-hmm. that's how just most of society also views it. Yeah. Like I think that's the regular sort of – that's how drugs like cocaine work, stimulants, for example, yeah. by dopamine firing, right? So that's when your full brain's like literally shining through. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, f- I think it's important to kind of separate identifying or – putting all drugs into the same umbrella term of drugs itself yeah like yeah, it's very important to kind of separate these drugs like cocaine and lsd and psychedelics from like those dopamine dopaminergic drugs yeah exactly that affect and you. even different psychedelics have like different effects but most of them do target this region of the mm. brain which yeah i don't know i find that interesting uh, so do you, you've been doing a bit of research. What kind of like, like how can something like this help in a mental health setting? My research is mostly from like documentaries that I've watched. Yeah. Um, and I think the most recent one was the, I forget the name of the documentary. This was like three months ago. But I think... LSD and um, psilocybin. Psilocybin's been used for treating anxiety in clinical settings. And the overall outcome is that you don't need to keep doing it to have, like, the effects of anxiety kind of dispersed. So uh, are you saying that there's, I guess, long-term effects of uh, psilocybin and its decrease of anxiety? Yeah, like it so you wouldn't like be clinically classified as like having general generalized anxiety disorder within a few settings but i think the problem with research in general mm-hmm. with psychedelics yeah. in the context of psychology is that you don't really know if it's the drug in general or if it's the person's life and other underlying factors that are affecting this treatment effect yeah, like how, how how could you explain that? Like, so imagine you're, you've got your therapeutic setting, which is like throughout the entirety of your drug high and the come down. Mm. So maybe like for psilocybin, that could be four hours or two hours. I don't know about this, but... Yeah. And then you're just guiding your patient through a bunch of questions and this and that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you're still not very aware of, like, this patient's preconceived notions of the drug 
or their relationship factors that are affecting them at the moment or how they've prepared themselves for the drug. Yeah. So I feel like that is a hard part to measure in science studies at the moment. Yeah, 100%. And there's not a lot of data, which we spoke about before, in terms of the real treatment effect of such drugs Yeah. in being used for therapeutical settings. Yeah. Like, I am convinced from a perspective of, like... Mm, my own education and knowledge yeah. on the effects of these drugs and yeah but it is also understandable that people are not yet convinced that there's a lack of data yeah exactly like there's I actually went to a uh, uh, psychedelic lecture at our school UNSW and uh yeah they talked a lot about psychedelics and all that and they really do kind of drive home the point that we just really don't know a lot about psychedelics yet like we need to do more research there just needs to be new things that need to be found out every day um they actually went into detail on how the therapy actually goes Mm -hmm. which i thought was quite interesting and there's actually so how does it go So uh, the way that they do it, this is in Australia. I'm not sure if it's different in other places. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, basically it starts with uh, educating the person about, like, the experience, what they're going to see, how is it going to feel, all these different things. And uh, I guess the possible effects, all these different things. So first is just a lot about education. Then the next thing is about uh, intention. Like, what is your intention when taking this drug? Uh, I guess the mindset beforehand, mm-hmm. on before you take it. So is that measured or just I I, I think it's assessed. just talked through. It's okay. just assessed through mm-hmm. uh, therapists. And then once you do take the drug, uh, there's actually two therapists in the room with the patient who's blindfolded. Um, the reason because they have two uh, therapists is because... Uh, there has been issues in the past where therapists have used this substance for, like, manipulation of people. <laughs> so having two therapists is, I guess, more safer for the patient, just in case if, you know, anything goes wrong or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, so there was two therapists. Um, basically, two therapists are there because there's been some stuff in the past about... Um, manipulation through psychedelics Mm -hmm. so two therapists make sure that say if one is i guess doing the wrong thing then the other one can call the other person out or like stop it halfway through or whatever make sure everything's safe the patient's safe because that's the most important thing in these situations um and something i thought was funny is that they actually have a planned playlist for the person doing the psychedelics to listen to and I, I don't know what's on this playlist. I'd love to listen to it. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Uh, and then afterwards, they have an integration session. So I guess they talk about their experience, how they felt about it, what a part of their, I guess, thoughts have changed and all these different things. So the experience itself is sort of like a solitary thing to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's with that playlist, led by that playlist. Yeah, but they are in the room with the patient as well. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of it is, I guess, in the experience, it's like that's your experience, you're just relaxing, you're just having the experience. 
but it's a lot about before educating intention and then after integrating which that can go for many sessions they said and in fact this is why it's actually not very um like not many people can have this type of therapy because it's actually quite expensive Mm. because first of all the drugs itself is expensive then also having two therapists and then constant sessions after and before so i guess they said it's very not accessible to a lot of people at this point but i guess as research does go on (laughs) and that stuff like this is looked into more and looking into the benefits uh the hazards taking everything into account uh and seeing maybe the use of it in for mental health patients that it would become cheaper over time yeah yeah i don't know what what, what do you think about that do you think the way they're doing it is kind of the right way i don't think there's a right or wrong way at the moment because we're still testing the waters with psychedelics so the only way to know is that something actually progresses forward Mm. that way we can modify things as they require change and they need change yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we were talking about what if these drugs weren't regulated in outer society yeah i guess i have a bit of a i don't know i just have a bit of a fear around say if something like this is legalized a lot of the misuse that it could i guess fall into because obviously some substance like this put in the wrong hands can lead cause to manipulation there has been cults in the past where they have used psychedelics to I guess indoctrinate them into a mindset Mm. but um, I guess we were also discussing how maybe even if that is the case maybe those people that will use it to manipulate people are just going to get it anyway but uh, I don't know what do you think do you think legalizing it would be a smart idea or should we just keep it into the therapeutic and I guess medicine session or do you just not have an opinion right now I think we were talking about this and I when you spoke about the hazards of it being legalized in the bigger society it kind of just made me think that you know alcohol is also a drug that has been misused and Mm. can be misused quite a lot yeah um so I feel like any drug in that case if it's going to be legalized it's going to be misused even with opioids yeah but i guess another thing i'm thinking is if even if there is a drug that is legalized that is misused is that an excuse to have another drug to be put into society that will also be misused that's not an excuse no but i also just think the fact that it is illegal now has also the fact that a lot of drugs have been illegal mm. over, over the last few years have, like, given rise to these big black markets that benefit from, like, exploitation, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either way, I see there's the pro, there's a pros and cons sort of sitch. Yeah, yeah. And with legalization, I just feel like it takes the power out of, like, people who exploit 
labor, even licensed professionals. Because yeah, exactly. not yeah, exactly. every psychologist, even though they've got like the educational qualification,、mm. doesn't mean that they have the right intentions in mind exactly. with exactly. access to drugs. So、yeah. it can be regulated in that sense. Um, and also with psychedelics, it's so important. I think set versus setting. Yeah. Moving yeah, on yeah, to like yeah, yeah. the importance of like your intention with the drug itself can like lead you towards the kind of experience you'll have. Yeah. And the kind of、yeah. thoughts that would come through during、yeah. your trip. Because、yeah. I wouldn't say someone. It would be quite risky to prescribe or. Get someone who's clinically severely depressed,、mm. psychedelics, yeah. because yeah. you really don't know how that trip is going exactly, to go. Yeah, exactly. I, I do agree. This is why I'm kind of leaning towards maybe it should only be used to therapeutic use、mm. because it really does have to be a controlled setting. Yeah, and like all these different things, even if it is like a planned playlist or something <laughs> like that, things we can find out that can lead to a more, I guess, efficient, I guess, use of it as well. Because if it is just used as like a prescription drug, <laughs> you have no idea what's gonna happen. Like, because it's so. It doesn't just have one effect. It also like depends a lot, like what you said, on external factors that are affecting your life at the moment. Yeah, exactly. I I feel like it would be very similar to alcohol, but the only thing with psychedelics is that you can't really help someone out of it. Even like with alcohol, I don't know. It takes time to sober up, but I don't know. You're still a bit conscious. <laughs> yeah. I just think you enter a different state of mind with psychedelics itself, yeah, which is、definitely. which is a bit different from alcoholic or depressants yeah, and stimulants, yeah, yeah. because with depressants and stimulants, I think you're more likely your mind, your thoughts are still with you,、mm. and you're just more likely, you're just more unhinged, basically. Yeah, under those psychedelics itself, like turns off those thoughts, yeah, identity and all that kind of thing. So you're not really. I don't know. Would you say? I don't know. Would you say? I don't know. Do you think you would be in control? I don't know. You would be in control under controlled settings. Like, I feel like if you take a psychedelic drug in a party setting, you're less likely, especially if you're a person who really doesn't like big crowds or a lot of people gets overstimulated quite easily. And you decide to take like a psychedelic drug, which is like LSD, which is a very strong, potent、mm-hmm. psychedelic drug, where a trip lasts you like ten to twelve hours. Yeah. Um, you're you're more likely to give up control over how your trip is going to go. Yeah, definitely. Like if you have、I、it、think. in a control setting with people you trust, or even by yourself with the right intentions, I feel like it could do you more help. Yeah, I definitely have heard like a lot of stories that kind of like talk through that. Very much important about, I guess, again what you said, setting intention, all these different things.、Mm. Which is, I don't know, it's interesting. Yeah. And we spoke about how this can be similar to meditation, and you're a person、oh, yeah. who does meditation, yeah, right? Yeah, I thought this was very interesting. I guess I was, I kind of went into the rabbit hole of what could you do to naturally. I guess have the effects of psychedelics、mm. without actually taking 
a substance like that where you have very visual, vivid, I guess, hallucinations and all these different things. And uh, I actually found that uh, just simple mindfulness meditation, those who have meditated for years and years actually have a uh, lower activation of the um, default mode network. network. I always forget. <laughs> <laughs> the default mode network, they actually have a lower activation of default mode network. So I guess, I don't know, that made me really think about it a lot. And I actually looked at these like other, I guess, YouTube channels and people's perspectives. And there's this girl, uh, I forgot her name, Crystal, I think it is. She was actually a part of uh, one of the biggest LSD labs in America mm-hmm. um, that actually never like properly ran. It got closed up before it actually opened. But she has a YouTube channel named Neurosoup, and she was talking about her experience of meditation and psychedelics. Because when she was in that, I guess, LSD lab, she said that she had done a lot. So she definitely had a full experience of what it was like. And she said, she explained it like, when you're doing psychedelics, it's like taking an elevator to the top floor. <laughs> While meditation, it's like taking the stairs. So she said that, I suppose, you do have insights and you do become more mindful and all these different effects and you do you can detach yourself from your identity and all these things associated with the um the mode the mode network through just i guess meditation and obviously it's a lot slower it's a lot less intense but she actually said in the end she actually preferred it after doing all these psychedelics she actually preferred uh meditation because it gives time for integration she said and it just it's a lot more peaceful it has less chance of adverse effects and if it goes in a different direction that you want to you can always stop it Um, And then that also kind of led me to thinking, what could other states of being, I guess, have the same effects as, like, psychedelics, such as dreaming (laughs) and stuff like that. And I guess my mind just kept going on and on and thinking about... And you're someone who really remembers all of your dreams. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm someone personally who has terrible sleep, which is a bad thing, but (laughs) it's also a good thing because I actually remember a lot of my dreams. Um... And, yeah, uh, I guess I it, remembering all my dreams, I actually remember a lot of the connections my past dreams have had my, with my current dreams. <laughs> so if it's in one setting of one of my dreams, um, it usually is connected to the same setting in another dream that I have, if that makes sense. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess I like to figure out and I guess research into ways to have these different states of mind and getting the same effects that you may be able to get with psychedelics through just natural states that or natural actions that you can do in your day-to-day life. Yeah. I don't know. It, it interested me, that part. What, what interested you about this? So I just like... I'm just a curious person in general in terms of, like, anything novel and new. Yeah. Um... And with psychedelics, 
I feel like it was just a way to explore. It is a way to explore a different part of your brain. Like these thoughts exist within you, but you just have to unlock it. Yeah. And it could be really therapeutic to know or be aware of these thoughts that run through you. Um, And another thing is there's this spiritual talker on YouTube that I really follow. Yeah. um, Ramdas. I haven't heard of that. So he was a – I think he went by a different name that I forget when he was in his early 20s and 30s. Yeah. Um, So he he was a professor at Harvard, a psychology professor. Yeah. Who – basically got kicked out of Harvard because of his interest in psychedelics. Yeah, yeah. Um, but eventually, so it was him and his colleague who were interested in psychedelics. Wait, is this the YouTube channel guy? He had a... He, he was a professor. He oh, just gave out yeah. lectures and things like that. that. That sounds like Timothy Leary. <laughs> he was a part of... Yeah, Timothy Leary. Yeah. He's a psycho, psychedelic advocate. Big name in the psychedelic space. Yeah, he was a part of that uh, the, that big cult. <laughs> I what it was called. I uh, believe... The Brotherhood of something. <laughs> I believe Ram Das and Timothy Leary work colleagues i don't know this is like really vague memory but i know ram does um he went through a phase where he was intensely using psychedelic substances because of the effects of it yeah um but he decided to go to somewhere down india i believe yeah to get meditation sort of practice for, for some sort of meditational retreat under what do you call under a guru? Oh, yeah, yeah guru, Indian yeah. gurus, right? So, and then after that, he gave up psychedelics because he realized the benefits that meditation and living in the present moment has. Yeah, really. And he gave in a lot of lectures about, you know, just love. And that's why I, I feel like I really internalize a lot of his talk about love for all, mm. because that's something that I think he emphasized on holding yeah. love for every single human being, regardless to see like the being within and not just the actions and thoughts. Cause you don't want to be processing just the actions and thoughts, but you want to see the person for purely who they are yeah, um, and treating every single thing in nature just as that really wonderful spiritual speaker but what also really interested me is that even with the person that you were talking about in youtube they all moved to meditation after having like an experience with psychedelics yeah, yeah, yeah. so would you only realize or account for the changes in meditation because you have seen what an extreme side of it is like you're able to detect and realize that meditation is a more gradual and sustainable process because you've taken psychedelics and had those experiences to kind of change your neural pathways to open yourself up to that action of meditation itself to make it more effective yeah that, yeah, that, yeah that makes sense because they have had that experience of like a very intense i guess like deactivation uh, yeah, of the default. Very, yeah exactly they they do understand better that meditation may actually be a more sustainable way 
to I guess have those feelings but again we don't really know like yeah exactly this is why it's very hard to like measure it properly to yeah, see if exactly. like is it the psychedelic or is it my meditation who yeah, knows yeah honestly like I think there's just a lot more research that needs to be done yeah another thing about being caught an addict this is something uh, I learned from this uh, book it was very popular it's like atomic habits having mm. that identity also increase is increasing the likelihood that you have those habits of that identity yeah so say if you're being caught an addict all the time <laughs> there's a good chance that you're going to be able to like keep doing the habits that an addict is going to do yeah yeah exactly <laughs> sorry I, I just wanted to say that no <laughs> i thought it was interesting that is very valid um and yeah so i find it i feel like talking about that just stepping on a tangent over here but yeah. i feel like if you're going to prioritize spirituality and getting better mm. then you are going to get that outcome if you prioritize it yeah so your main intent is what really matters at the end of the day no matter what action you do mm. like prioritizing meditation will give you the outcome that you want just yeah. not an instant outcome no. but over time it is going to show up in the quality of like external experiences that you get and the quality of people that come into your life yeah 100 percent. and like yeah these things like they seem slow in the beginning and i think it's definitely a human thing that we like to see instant outcomes <laughs> instant like, gratification we want to see, see those big changes in our life instantly but i think the reality is that when you are doing something like in a stable, I guess, manner, I think having those slow moments, uh, like if it's like small habits, like even just small good habits, it doesn't necessarily have to be meditation, like getting better sleep, like 30 minutes a night, like maybe you wanna get like something like better in your sleep, you like maybe cut your, like the time that you sleep 30 minutes back or um, I don't know, just any kind of like small habits, going a run every day, picking up a sport, even just talking to a stranger every now and then when you feel when it's right or even when you feel that it's not right. Like maybe <laughs> you should just push yourself a bit. Yeah. I think... Getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. It's is... really important to do those small things that are really going to help you in the long run because they do build up even if you don't see it initially um if you keep doing that you will notice a lot of changes like over time yeah exactly like i think i've only recently properly taken meditation a bit more seriously mm -hmm. so i think i'm still in a bit in the slow stage but mm -hmm. i think it's already well it's not already but i think in that moment i do feel i guess a sense of like peace and like a better focus afterwards and I think I get a lot of insights that I didn't think about before which is uh, something that's similar to like psychedelics, psychedelics. right you get insights like yeah. I think I was meditating one day and I just thought you know what I just I think I need to listen to people a bit better <laughs> like I think I've lost that ability like mm. I got to really listen to what someone's saying and then like process it and everything rather than just always thinking about other things and like <laughs> doing other things, always thinking about what to do next. Just really be in that moment. 
Yeah, I don't know. That, uh, yeah, that's, that's a been my experience lovely so far. Like wonderful. getting little lessons from that. But I don't know. You said you want to start meditation or I did. I did. Um, I sometimes view running as a meditative sport as yeah, well. Yeah, like if you've got the right music or just listening to nature or if you have like the privilege of being in a good nature sort of trail to run in um i think it's a really good way to run get your cardiovascular movement going in and also meditate to these thoughts because i think a lot of my really profound thinking and change provoking thoughts have come with running or or yeah, bits running mostly, and also well, there you go. yeah, and thinking about substances yeah <laughs> like LSD and psilocybin. Psilocybin's a really interesting thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mushrooms, and also in a lot of communities, psychedelics is actually like. A cultural practice thing yeah, as well it's it's it's, it, it's very culturally ingrained in like a lot of different places mm. like i think in uh was it mexico peru peru yeah 100 percent Peru. south america south american countries yeah, yeah, a yeah, few yeah, south yeah. America. like peru anyway is there anything else you want to talk about psychedelics anything else yeah <laughs> so i just think psychedelic use intention set and setting very important summarized yeah. um and i guess reevaluate your state of mind before taking it if you're diagnosed with anxiety depression or anything really extreme really re- reevaluate the reason yeah, you're taking and it for. i think in the mental health setting i think there seems to be some promise of help that it could bring, but there is... A under controlled research. settings. Under, control under very settings, controlled settings with a therapeutic therapist or yeah, a psychologist yeah, with exactly. you. exactly. But even then, even with a controlled setting, we still need to do a lot more research. Yeah. And I don't know, it's interesting. And maybe if you... I don't know, if you're interested in getting, like, maybe insights, maybe look at alternate methods like meditation or... It is Lucid more, dream. yeah. I've heard even you could do stuff with that. But. It is more gradual, um, but yeah. It's your choice. It's your choice, of course. We, we hoped you, uh, we hoped we piqued your curiosity. Maybe go <laughs> do your own research, find what makes you interested, and hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Thanks, you guys. Thanks. See ya. <laughs> um.